Just one sec, guys. Here's the espresso I made for you. Wow, Lee, so excited to try out your espresso. Who's that? What's up? What are you guys doing? I was just making a nice espresso. Would you like... No, Lee. You'll all have to try Death Wish coffee. Kurt, isn't that the world's strongest coffee? Fuck yes, it is. Oh, man. It tastes great. Just explosion of flavor in my mouth. When I try Death Wish coffee, it feels like Jesus Christ himself washing down my throat. But, Kurt, this is a lot of coffee. You must have spent a ton of money on it. And not just American dollars, but Canadian money. Fuck, no, I didn't. I used coupon code 3 Greeners and I got 10% off. You can too! <gasps> In a world of lame, nerdy podcasts, one, no three, and maybe sometimes more nerds, will rise to the challenge. We hold these studios accountable. We celebrate the amazing feats of cinema. We sometimes rage out. We are the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. And we have the requisite number of people. Three. <laughs> he has always. We got Katie. How's it going, Katie? Good. It's the first day of Lunar New Year here. Um, ate a lot of food. Ate too much, I think. But we're here. We're good to go. Oh. And it's three. So. What better way to start off the Lunar New Year than by being completely full and just congested and feeling like crap? So. <laughs> it's par for the course for any new year. Uh, also, I mean, it's for, it's for, it's tradition. Yeah, it, it has to happen. Fair. And then uh, we also have Spark with us as always. How's it going, Spark? What's up, gangster? Uh, I'm good. The Bengals play today in about five hours or so, four hours. So you know, just making my day around that. Yeah. Well, we were talking off there about this, but we want the Bengals to win. The Bills, not so much, obviously. Um, they're down there in Canada. The funny thing is, here in Canada, everyone's like, you're so close to the C- to Seattle, so you must root for the Seahawks. And I'm like, nah, I don't want to root for the Seahawks. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's like this weird, like, almost like expectation that you're going to root for the Seahawks just because we're closest to them. And I'm like, nah, I think I'm just going to choose whoever I wanted to go with. Which I was a Patriots fan for the longest time until Brady left. And I didn't become a Buccaneers fan. I've been just like, just just seeing a few different teams. I do like Baltimore. Baltimore's pretty good. And then, yeah, the Bengals have been really entertaining to watch in the last, like, couple years. So, at least for me. I know they've been getting better for, like, the last, like, lot longer than two years but at least the last two years i've been watching them i'm like man they play they they put on a really good uh form when they're playing so we'll see uh but alas this is not the football podcast unless <laughs> marvel wants to make a football themed superhero movie then we can tie it all in together um yeah first bit of news thunderbolts uh, it was rumored earlier this week that Hannah John Cabin's ghost would not be a part of the movie. And then some other scooper said uh, that she will be a part of the movie after all. So, yeah. That obscure character from Ant-Man 2 that most people probably forgot about, including myself. Yes. Because she was a very nothing villain. I forgot she existed. (laughs) I wonder if when they were writing this movie, Kevin Feige came in and be like, can you put Ghost in? They're like, Ghost who? Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Well, from Ant-Man and the Wasp. (laughs) They're like, who? Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I mean... I never want to discount when they bring a character back like this because I always think maybe they got a good hook. Maybe they can make the character interesting. Um, there's been times that they've brought back characters that I didn't really care about and then they make them interesting. So that could happen again. But uh, Speaking of 
Marvel, uh, Captain America New World Order, rumored to include the MCU debut of the Serpent Society. And uh, this surprisingly is not a society of snakes, as I originally thought. Um, There's just like a bunch of thieves going around, stealing shit. Kind of a little little minor group of villains. They're not like super major. They're not uh, Thanos level threats, but they like to persist in the universe. So that's exciting. I don't know who those people are, but I want that I want that light skinned girl that was a villain. I want her back. Yeah. But like was she a villain, you know? Oh, the one from uh Ant Man and the Wasp. No, the one from the show from uh, Captain America and Winter not Winter Soldier. <laughs> the Falcon and the Captain or whatever that Oh yeah. Was. I the, totally like, peace. I totally blocked that show out of my memory. I mean, a little different now. We actually had a pretty good compared to what followed. <laughs> yeah, that's in hindsight, that show was not as bad as some of the other Marvel shows. Uh, Deadpool three star Hugh Jackman teasing Wolverine's classic costume with the latest Instagram post. Um, yeah, Hugh Jackman posted a thing on Instagram. It was Deadpool's regular face mask, and then it was Wolverine's kind of, like, iconic yellow, black, um, kind of helmet from the comics. So, people have been thinking that part of the movie, they're they're putting in the classic costume for Wolverine, which I can see it happening. I mean, I think... Hugh Jackman's wanted to have that for the longest time, but now that he's at Sony, or sorry, Marvel Studios, they're making this movie, I'm sure they're going to be a little bit more willing to put that in rather than the last uh, studio, 20th Century Fox, which probably was more like, we can't cover your face. That's what we put on the posters. So, yeah. Yeah. Anybody here want to see classic costume Wolverine? Or just like, eh. Uh, I want it pretty badly. It made no sense to me that in like 9 or 11, like, well, actually, I do know, it was 3 3 plus the Wolverines. So, uh, no. I mean, yes, I very badly. It was a dumb choice by 20th century to be like, put it in the black ones. Yeah. Yeah, because I just don't understand. They're like, well, they don't see him. They may not know that it's Hugh Jackman. It's like, if you're that much of an idiot, then you shouldn't be going to see movies. I'm sorry. You should, like, be reading books for toddlers or something. I don't know. Um, Captain America, New World Order, circling back around to that, uh, adds the Mindy Project actress Zosha Rockamore in a key role. So... I just started watching that show. Oh, yeah. So, if she ain't in season one, I don't know her. I don't think, yeah, I've never watched the mini project. I've never heard of this actress, to be honest, but people have speculated that she could be related to um, Sam's character. She could be a romantic interest. I don't think we've ever seen him with a lady friend or a male friend. Could go either way, to be honest. But, yeah, some people are speculating they might finally give Sam a romantic interest, which would be good for him. You know, he's he's Captain America now. He's been doing all this work, and I don't think I've seen that dude go on a date. Maybe he should. Yes. Um, cool. Uh, Star Wars Rebels Grand Admiral Thrawn actor Lars Mikkelsen claims he hasn't been asked to return for Ahsoka. So, a lot of people have been asking if he's coming back because he played uh, Thrawn, at least by voice, in the animated shows. Some people have been speculating that he would be playing him in live action, too. But yeah, so far he claims he has not been asked. But maybe he asked them. Ah, maybe that's how he gets around it. Those buggers. 
Yeah. Dude, slick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, uh, we know that Thrawn's coming, and Lars Mikkelsen did play him, and you know what? He doesn't seem like a very busy actor. He doesn't seem to have a bunch of things just bustling, going about, so, yeah, maybe he's got the time to do it. Alright. Uh, speaking of Star Wars, we got our Mandalorian Season 3 trailer. Looks decent. Uh, looks to be a bit a little bit more focused on the story of Mando and Grogu and not like season two which was like a backdoor pilot every single episode which got very frustrating after a while so looks good comes out in a little bit more than a month so we got that to look forward to um Tron Ares is moving forward with the new director and Morbius star, star of that f very famous movie, Jared Leto in the lead role. So, yeah, I'm a little bit confused by that, I'll be honest. Yeah, I hate to say this because I'm sure somebody out there cares, but I just don't care about Tron that much. And I'm like, really, do we care? Is Tron a big deal? But, uh, I really liked Tron's, like that, like that Daft Punk album was like insane. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, sure, you know, fine. Yeah, didn't Daft Punk break up or oh, something? Sorry. They did. I mean, I know that's not really related, but like the movie was was okay. It was decent. It was fine. You know, it was fun visually. Um. Sure. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Was I asking for it? Sure wasn't. You know what I mean? It was, no, I was not for one second. Was I like, when are they going to do Tron again? But, mm -hmm. I don't know. I think they just want to flex all the great special effects they can do in that. So. Look at the people that they have to try to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, on to DC, because they're, they're not resting their laurels. Uh, James Gunn explains that DC Studios' approach to casting is, quote-unquote, what matters the most is that the actor is easy to work with. Which, <laughs> a lot of people have said that that is taking aim at certain actors like Henry Cavill and uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who apparently were not easy to work with, so... You know, take that for the pot shot that you will. But some people also disagree and say, yeah, you should maybe get an actor that's the best fit for the role. And maybe, you know, maybe they don't always get along, but maybe you still get the work done. But, I don't know. What do you think, Spark? I mean, you know, when I'm booking shows, my first thought isn't who's the easiest comic to get along with. My first thought is... Are they funny? Uh, so, yes, I would think that the number one thing should be are they a talented actor or actress that can like show respect and really bring that character to life? And then secondly, and it, it, it could be 1A, 1B if you want, are they easy to work with? Mm -hmm. But, I mean, Marvel at this point has literally hundreds of like quote-unquote important characters and you know in the early beginnings with terrence howard and edward norton there was some you know some ruffling but since then almost nothing so that can't all be a coincidence yeah I think, too, like, James Gunn's the kind of person, like, he got married last year, and he invited, like, all the cast, well, most of the major cast of his movies to, like, go to the wedding. So, something tells me, like, yeah, that might be, like, more of a his personal kind of thing. <clears throat> you know, like, people that he gets along with, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I don't fully agree with that sentiment. I kind of figure, like, yeah, sometimes you have to, you know, play with the bull. It's not always easy, but if you get a better movie for it, then awesome. Like, 
there's so many stories of directors and cast not getting along, but they still come together to make a movie. So I don't know. Maybe someone who's professional is probably the best thing to be like, hey, maybe we don't get along, but at least we can be professional. That would be also a-okay, but we'll see. Um, Aquaman star Jason Momoa says, I'm not going anywhere when asked about the possibility of departing the Aquaman role. So, he did meet with Peter Safran and James Gunn recently. So, some people have taken this to say that he's, he's not done with Aquaman. He could be returning for a third movie or a reboot or whatever. So. Like that, I like him. He's, yeah. he's nothing like the Aquaman I grew up with, and I'm kind of into that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's actually for the better. So, yeah. But, no, I, the Aquaman movie, the last one that came out, was fun. I, I have some reservations about this new one just because it sounds like the plot might be a little funky with trying to sideline characters like uh, Amber Heard's character and whatnot. But I'm so, I'm still going in. I'm still gonna watch it. But yeah. Okay. I have questions. I certainly have questions and concerns. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, well, we'll see how Aquaman 2 pans out. I think they're probably also wanting to see how that does too, because he's only had the one movie, but like, I think they must have a pretty good working relationship because James Gunn did Peacemaker and spoilers for that. But at the end of that show, they had both, uh, the Flash and Aquaman show up in that. So they must have a decent working relationship if they were able to get him on for that show. So probably doesn't hurt. I would agree. Uh, John Wick director Chad Stalensky joins Without Remorse sequel Rainbow Six starring Michael B. Jordan. So, yeah, Without Remorse, end of that movie. They were starting to tee up the Rainbow Six movie, so that's now happening. And apparently, too, they're moving it because apparently... Well, the first one, Without Remorse, was on Amazon Prime Video, which, hey, perfectly fine. But now Paramount's picked up the rights to this, and now it's going to be a theatrical release. Which, bless you. Uh, I'm very, I'm very excited. Where is my my Rainbow Six movie? I want some badass tactical action on screen. Give it to me now. Give it to me. Well, yesterday, but I want it now, please. I think I watched without remorse. I think. I liked it. I don't remember. Maybe I didn't. <laughs> I certainly didn't, like, hate it. Yeah. So. I, I okay. liked it, but I definitely kind of could see how, I don't know, I wouldn't have mind if it was a little dumber. Because it, it felt very, very smart. And I need sometimes a dumb action movie. So. I'm trying to see what I gave it on Letterboxd, because that would give me a good indicator. I gave it a 7 out of 10, so not too bad. Too bad at all. Room to improve, though. Alright. Um, we got a Scream 6 trailer. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Good. I'm enjoying the direction of these new Scream movies, and this one also looks very good. Because it's in New York, and... It might be that there's a cult of uh, the killers, so yes, I don't know. I'm I'm digging it. I know some people might not, but I was watching this and I'm like, I'm probably going to see this as part of the screen. But you have my you have my ticket to say the least. Um, oh oh yeah, oh. <laughs> like I, I I'd buy it right now if I could. And, like, there's some cast members that are in this that I'm very excited for. Hayden Pantier comes back from the fourth screen Just, movie. Feels uh, good. Yeah. Samara Weaving got added to the cast. And I mean, some of the cast oh. from the original one were pretty good, too. Like, uh, Melissa Barrera, who paid, played Sam. The, the I didn't know Sam, Samara was in this. I didn't see that. Miss, yeah. Miss Ready or Not. Yeah. That's from the same directors too, if it's ready or not. So you know that they were that they know how to use her. They know how to put her to good use. I 
I am very stupidly excited for this movie. And this trailer did nothing to kill that excitement for me. So I say, bring it on. Although, if I will say, I'm a little worried for Courtney Cox in this movie. Because... You should be. She... <laughs> they put her in some precarious positions in this movie. And I was like, no, not Courtney Cox. But... They did... Uh, my, my other girl, Ron, I remember her posting about it. Like, they didn't want to pony up the cheddar. Oh, yeah. Sydney Prescott. Yeah. Yeah, Sydney. I, I was like... Sydney's... She's screamed, dude. Like, she's... Yeah. So I get her wanting to be like, if I'm going to leave my family and, and kids, then, like, and since I am the character in this movie, not Courtney, what's up? Yeah. Where's that check? And I understand Scream being like, hey, horror movies don't have stars, okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Except for the villain. So take it or leave it. Yeah. And I'm obviously still going to go see it. So <laughs> it's not like... What is her uh, real name? Nev Campbell. There yeah. it is. I couldn't think of it. I, th I think they worked things out. I want to say. I could be wrong, but I feel like they worked things out. And she's coming back for this one, but... Oh, okay. Well, then you, maybe you read something. Everything I read said that she was peed off. Yeah, because I think they didn't want to pay her enough or something like that, but... I don't know. I thought it got worked out, but we'll see. I mean, I'm sure it'll be good regardless. I... I don't know. Scream 5, the last one that came out, was was really good. So, I mean, yeah. There's already people who are, like, predicting who the who the killer is going to be. So, because that's always part of the fun. Yes. Um, I wanted to be Matthew Lillard. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I wanted Matthew Lillard to come back to the, for the, one of these movies for a long time. And nothing would please me more. You know. thought I was dead. I wasn't. Yeah. Somehow. <laughs> Even though you saw me. <laughs> for yeah. sure die. Oh, shit. And the guy that played um, uh, Flash in the new Spider-Man movies is in this, and I think he's very funny. So, I'm excited for that. Um, yeah. I, I would love if they somehow brought Stu back. Or even if they were, like, just to be, like, Hey, like Stu had a kid or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, they did that with the other killer whose name I can't remember, unfortunately. Like, obviously, they had to ghost him. I wouldn't mind Ghost Lillard being back in this movie. Yeah. And I feel like that would kind of make sense, too. The last one you did, um, the other guy. So, the movie, this one you could do, do him. But, hey, any excuse to get. Matthew Lillard in this movie I would not complain and they put out a really cool new poster for this movie which is like the subway system in New York City but it like well it's obviously not the real sub but it's like it's made to look like ghost face mask looks really cool so anyways excited for that that comes out shit when does it come out March yeah Mar I want to say March Oh, March 31st. Shit. We got a bit more to wait, but... Arnett! It'll be worth the wait, hopefully. I don't know. It will be. What am I kidding? I think it will be. I I mean, I think horror is gonna... I think last year horror made took some great swings uh, with, like, Barbarian and Smile and uh, Pearl and, I mean, or... Was Pearl last year? Yeah. Anyway. And then this year, I think M. Night, that Cabin movie, I think he he might have something there. Uh, and um, Infinity Pool looks decent. That comes out this weekend. Yeah, um, I've seen that on Scream. Monday. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm like, early this year, I feel like horror's, horror's got something. Yeah. The nice thing about horror is, like, they're relatively Oh, cheap and Megan. Yes. Which Megan was great. Lead into that news. We got a sequel coming. Megan 2.0. Uh, the Killer Doll sequel gets an official 2025 release date. So, you can go see Megan 2.0 in two years from now. Yeah. So, which makes sense because I don't think it would take more than two years to make a sequel to that movie. Um, but apparently, Allison Williams is returning for it. So, there you go. Good. Yeah. I think that movie, like, took a lot of people by surprise. 
Yes. So. It looked dumb. It, it did. <laughs> I think many of us were like, it's January release. It can't be that good. And then watch it and hey, it was actually kind of fun. It was a good time. So. I don't know if that, I, I, I argue that if that movie came out literally any other time of the year, it probably would have gotten buried. But I think January was like a perfect release date window for it because came out at a time where there's not much coming out and it just took everyone by storm. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Sean S. Cunningham, the creator or co-creator of the original Friday the 13th movie is working on a film reboot. So. Weren't you telling me they were like fighting over rights for that? Or is that a different one? Yeah, no, they are. Uh, and because the writer of the original movie basically claimed that he had rights to certain aspects of the story and then director was like, no, I do. And then they settled that the writer had rights to all the stuff from the origin, but not the other stuff from the franchise. So like Jason in a mask, stuff like that. So from the sounds of it, the writer can make his own movie and it would have to do with all the stuff with Jason's origin. And then Sean has Cunningham, he can make a regular Friday the 13th movie, but it can't talk about any stuff from the origin. So presumably this reboot that he's doing will just be a Friday the 13th movie and might not even touch on the the origin of Jason at all, which honestly I'd be fine with. I think most people understand his origin or they don't care. <laughs> Let's be honest. You just see a killer killing people. You're not probably thinking... What is his origin story? You're probably like, oh my god, that machete just went through that person's head. Like, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's interesting too because uh, the writer is also working on a TV series uh, that the guy from Hannibal, the guy that created Hannibal, is working on. So we have both a Friday the 13th TV series and a movie coming. So, I don't know. Is it. Hannibal the TV show or Hannibal the movie? The Brian Fuller who worked on Hannibal the TV show. Yeah, uh, he's, he's working on some Friday the 13th series. So, yeah. Lots of Friday the 13th stuff coming. Considering that we haven't had any Friday the 13th content in over 10 years now. So, it, it's about time. Uh, concerning Groves, a Smallville and Gotham actor Julian Sands is reporting missing in the California mountains. So, yeah. Dude went for a hike and hasn't been seen since, and... I mean, he's not the most famous actor, but he he had pretty prominent roles in, in, other, in other stuff, but yeah. He, uh, he hasn't been seen in, in quite some time, so people are not thinking that he maybe didn't uh, quite make it out of the mountains unfortunately which awful. Yikes. yeah but i think they said they were going to send a helicopter to go look for him so regardless of what they find they're hoping to at least find him so yeah, at least find his body yeah so but yeah no the last picture he took he sent to his grandson it was him hiking up a steep cliff so yeah some people are saying like yeah so something might have happened so but it's just awful because yeah it, you know presuming he doesn't get found or he's found and things aren't 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 gr great hate to say it but like yeah he was he was in gotham who did he play in gotham i'm trying to remember um I'm sure it will come to me eventually but um, yeah. Let's see, Gotham. Who did he play? He played, I think he, Gerald Crane. So was he playing Sand, or, I don't know. He played somebody in Gotham. This is the gist of it. I only watched the first season of that, and barely that. Yeah. Oh, he was in Arachnophobia. Which I liked that movie. Yeah, it's very weird too because I'm actually talking about that movie on Trumbull this week, the horror movie podcast. So that's uh, 
That's interesting. Um, okay. Uh, Alec Baldwin has been charged with involuntary manslaughter following a fatal onset shooting. So, yeah. The um, DA assigned to the case basically said that, like, they're getting justice. They're going for justice hard on this. So, it wasn't just Alec Baldwin, too. It was the assistant director who put in a plea deal and they... They, they got like six months probation as part of their plea deal. And then also the armor who was supposed to check these things. Both, all three of them got charged. Although, like I said, one of them put in a plea deal. So I think they got a significantly lesser charge. So. Six months probation. Okay. Yeah. At least for the, for the assistant director. Which, I don't know, I kind of feel like out of all the people, Alec Baldwin probably is the least responsible in that. Like, if you get handed a gun, you would assume that the people who hand you the gun would have checked it for it being real. But Yes. So, I don't know. I know some people will say Alec Baldwin should be charged, and I'm kind of in the camp of I think there was people more responsible than him in this case, but... I guess it's fine if he gets if if he gets six months probation, like that's fine. Like, I guess it's fine if he was charged. Um, I mean, because someone did die, right? Like, you can't yeah. just be like, "Oopsie." But I'm with you. It's like I was handed a gun. Like, it's I have every reasonable expectation to believe that nothing bad's going. Mm-hmm. So, like. Because if that's the precedent, then as an actor, it's like I don't want to do movies that involve guns. I don't want to do anything that involves weapons because I can end up like Alec. Yeah. So I don't think it's reasonable that he, like, certainly shouldn't serve any jail, but, like, yeah, if they want to give him probation, fine. Yeah. I'm assuming that that's probably what's going to happen. They're probably just going to give him, like, probation or something like that because, like, I don't know. I get that they want to hold someone accountable, but I just kind of feel like he's not the person you need to hold accountable. But I don't know. I'm just a podcaster. What do I know? So yeah, I'm not a lawyer. Yeah. So okay. Uh, and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers once and always has been announced. Brings back the original cast members for a Netflix reunion special. So. OG Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yeah, unfortunate timing. Yeah. I don't know. In the trailer for it, I saw the Green Ranger, so I don't know if this got filmed with Ooh. him in it. Oh, that would be way better. Yeah. Oh, man, that would be so good. Or, I don't know. I hate to say this, too, but they could have just put somebody else in and just, like, get someone's voice that sounds like him. I, I would hope that wouldn't be the case, but... In the trailer, I did see Green Ranger in it, so part of me got a little excited. I do like the Power Rangers, but I quickly fell off. Like, once they were like, these are dinosaur Power Rangers, I was like, nah, I'm okay, man. Just regular yeah. regular Power Rangers are okay with me, so. But I'm, I'll probably check this out, because they did bring back most of the original cast, including, like, the original Red Ranger, uh, the Blue Ranger, the Black Ranger, Obviously, they can't bring back the Yellow Ranger because that actress passed away. But they did uh, uh, cast a girl as her daughter. So I guess then they're going to do something with her. Maybe she'll be the new Yellow Ranger. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, and then finally, Cobra Kai. Netflix announces sixth and final season of the Karate Kid spinoff show. So, six seasons and a movie. Yep. Just kidding. Well, maybe they could do That's, a movie. They could do a movie. That's yeah. crazy that that did that that well. Like, when it was announced on YouTube Red, I was like, I mean, I kind of want to watch it, but I'm not about to get YouTube Red for it. Yeah. I think that was you and, and pretty much everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to get YouTube Red for this, right? But I think once it hit Netflix, it started to get really popular because it became accessible for a lot more people, so... Because, I don't know. I've noticed more people talking about it now that it's on Netflix. So, 
yeah, six seasons. It's crazy. Um, yeah. So coming coming soon. They said too. So who knows when exactly? But yeah, I don't know. As much as I like the show, I think six seasons is good. Once you kind of go beyond that, sort of like, how do you keep justifying yourself that these kids would keep fighting each other in a, in a valley like that? Like, I don't know. Seems like six seasons is reasonable enough that you could be like, yeah, I can buy into the story, but it hasn't like overstated its welcome. So, Cool, cool. All right, well, let's take a quick break and then we're going to come back and review some stuff back in a bit. Hey everybody, it's Curtis from the podcast letting you know that we're brought to you by Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime's got amazing content such as The Boys, The Expanse, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Goliath, and so much more. Don't have to take our word for it. Go try out a 30-day trial of the service. See if you like it. If you'll want to stick around, they've got low introductory rates for new users who sign up, and you're going to get a ton of other Amazon Prime benefits, so sign up today and check it out. Thank you for your time. All right, we're back. Okay, got a few things to review, including The Son, the sequel to The Father. And I think there's a third play that they could adapt into a movie called The Mother. But I don't know if they're going to do that. But anyways, The Son. Katie, you watched The Son, right? Yes, I did. And you must have been just beaming with joy after this movie. It's just such a heartwarming movie full of... Happiness and butterflies. No, I'm kidding. It's actually <laughs> quite a downer of a movie. Uh, I... Well... Yeah. yeah. What did you think? I thought it was... Okay, I understand why it gets the review it gets. Um, when I was watching it, I don't know. It really... It was really heavy for no reason i feel like it it's absolutely not downplaying the message it's trying to portray it just was very very long to me um and it could have it the ending was so confusing to me i don't understand was is that the plot twist that everybody is talking about because i had hope for a second uh, no, I think it's all in his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Like, you think that, yeah, maybe, like, they were able to fix it, but then you realize, like, that's just all in his head. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, w- I was very, very upset about that. I was very, like, this is... Why Why was this needed? Mm-hmm. What What was the purpose of that? Of that sequence? Like... He feels the guilt. He misses him a lot. But what was the point of that whole sequence of, oh, I'm moving in with someone. I'm, oh, here's my book. Death can wait. When it, you know, like I, I was not, I don't know. It was just like very emotional and very heavy. But at the same time, I could have gone without watching it. I think like, the- the whole idea of it was is to like kind of give you that little bit of hope but then you find out that yeah it's just the dad basically like dealing with his grief basically because yeah that makes me more upset over the whole thing that makes me very very upset that made me more upset than that yeah that was the most upset i've been during the duration of the movie (laughs) the ending that ending was not very uncalled for. Yeah. This movie's definitely got, like, a lot of negative attention. And I'm not saying it's not deserving, but it's just very interesting that, like, this is not the kind of movie that you go in and watch and walk away from being happy about. It's the complete opposite. Um, yeah. I, I think know. I I had oh. to take a second and just sit there while the credits rolled. I, w- I was just like, let me let me just gather myself and my thoughts right now. Yeah. Because it was very, very dark. And it made me very sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This movie definitely uh, puts you in a bad, bad headed space. That, for sure. Um, yes, absolutely. 
I was reading an interview by the director, Florian Zeller, who said that, like, I don't know, he was trying to nail kind of, like, the hopelessness of trying to support somebody who is self-harming themselves. Mm-hmm. And I thought that he did a very good job of that, especially because a lot of this kind of deals with, like, the fact that, like, a big part of it is that uh, Hugh Jackman's character is divorced from the the original wife and he's remarried and that kind of like played into it quite a bit i thought it was kind of interesting that like yeah his... he was very very affected by this extra marriage that his father has going on yes but also too like i kind of thought it was interesting that hugh jackman's character like he seemed to have such a bit of an ego and mm-hmm. like he seemed to kind of feel like everything should be fine and when things weren't fine he was getting upset and like i don't know i kind of felt like he was like him him in particular he was not a very good uh father in this but Uh, also it's also linking to the way that he grew up yes like the previous one or Mm -hmm. yeah the father which we all know his father is very unwell as well yeah. Like mentally. <laughs> yeah, because this is like, well, I guess it's kind of like a prequel to The Father because, uh, what's his name? Yeah. Anthony, whatever his name is, Anthony Soprano. He's, he, he's doing okay in this. Um, yeah. But I thought what was um, interesting for me at least is like that ego, that like need to be right really plays into like one of the final decisions made in this movie where... Um, they he, like, have... took him out of the hospital? Yeah. And I thought that scene was very interesting in the fact that if you kind of contextualize it or around the fact that, like, the father has such an ego and he's not... Like, he thinks he's right. They literally had all these people telling him, like, don't do this. Don't, like... Yeah. Don't do this or else shit's gonna happen. And they literally thought mm-hmm. they were better and look what happens. And I just thought that was super interesting. I don't know. I think the I movie. I think this is why the guilt hits him extra hard because all of these medical professionals were telling him that this was not the move. Do not. Yeah. Like, take him out. Do not, like, let him have the support that he needs here because they can't help him the way that he needs to be helped. Yeah. So, this was actually my second time watching the movie. And so when I was rewatching it, I was picking up on these things that I didn't pick up on in the first watch because obviously I didn't know how the movie was going to end in the first watch. But mm-hmm. on the rewatch, it was really interesting to pick up on like how that scene plays out, knowing how the movie ends. And I just thought like this is just, like it, it gives a whole lot of new meaning to that scene. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I I'm not saying this movie's good, but. I think it's a lot better than some other critics are giving it credit for just because I think some of the stuff they're doing is really interesting. I do think there's like a lot of moments in this though where the dialogue is stiff or awkward. Uh, there's points where I was like, has Hugh Jackman ever been a father? Cause it doesn't seem like he knows how to play one. <laughs> it's also a very, very hard subject to, depicts though so yeah. there, there's no right way to depict it but it also gives this like kind of image that if someone's going through something like that like all you can feel is be hopeless and like mm-hmm. you know because that that's all that i felt throughout this was dread and hopelessness and like just sadness for the boy and like the way that like he can't exactly articulate what he's feeling and then his father's like like hammering down on like just fix this just go to school just like what is wrong like sometimes Mm -hmm. it's 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 not about what is wrong it's like he can't he just like it's very hard to have to keep up with this life, especially when he's in New York. Like, like, I've never been, but I know it's like a very, like, 
hustle bustle, a very fast city, right? It's mm. very hard for him to keep up with that when he's feeling all these emotions that he himself can't even understand. So he can't really tell people and explain to people what he's feeling and how to fix it. Yeah. A lot of times, like, there's a lot of times in the dialogue he's like, if you don't tell me, I can't help you. But also, it's, first of all, you already can't help him because it's, like, out of your ability to help him. And also, like, he can't even tell himself. How, how can he tell you and for you to fix it? It's not something for you to fix. It's, like, especially in that scene when he's at the hospital and he's begging to go out. Like, the ending really upset me, but also in the hospital when they insisted to just, like, take him home. That was really upsetting to me because, like, I don't, I, I, it was my first time watching it, so I didn't know the ending. I didn't know what to anticipate, mm-hmm. but I knew that it was not going to be good. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, he made tea for them. It, it was like... You know, like this is this is okay now. Everything's fine, but obviously, it it it's just, it does doesn't work like that. So yeah. like there had to be that something that was gonna go wrong, and then it did. And I was like, just wh- why didn't you listen? There are medical professionals for a reason. I think too, like what works about that scene too is like you could see how the parent, uh, the parents are like, yeah, we made the right decision, but then it was like, no. Like yeah, they like... they really fought, and then they were like, "Yeah, let's go to the movies." And like, he made tea, and it's fine now. He's just taking a shower. Like, just that was incorrect, all of it. Yeah, what was great too is like when I saw this, I originally saw it at the Vancouver Film Festival, and mm-hmm. when I walked out, people were like upset. People were like, <laughs> "Fuck this movie! <laughs> Fuck this movie first ending and everything." And I don't know, like, I'm not upset about the ending because I kind of feel like it was very interesting kind of subterfuge for the movie to think, have you think that, like, everything was going to be okay. But, like, really, I think you have to rewatch it to kind of see that the hints were there the whole time, that things were not well. It's just, like the parents, you, the audience, are almost kind of forgiving of them because you think that they're in the past, but they never really were. I don't know. Yeah, I find this movie very like you, interesting. You think it would end well, so you yeah. kind of forgive them for everything that they've done throughout this movie, and then it doesn't, and then you feel betrayed and also sad and all these emotions mm-hmm. that you just have to like deal with as you walk out of the theater. Yeah, I think that's like why people are so upset about it because there's no like, like closure for them. No, it's sort it's sort of like they have to be just stuck there just thinking about everything that these parents have done wrong (laughs) yeah from start to finish (laughs) yeah the movie's called the sun but it should just be be called uh the disappointing parents that should be called the the title of this movie but probably would be a bit too Uh, on the nose honestly you can't blame them exactly but it's also like it's very unfair first of all to put the stuck mom into the situation like she was the one who found him when he was first admitted into the hospital right so that was very upsetting Mm -hmm. for me to have like to think that first of all she's bearing the guilt where she she already feels like she doesn't belong in the family sort of i don't know it's like really she's trying her best and the rest of them are trying to ignore that it's happening. And, you know, it's just very weird. Yeah. A very weird dynamic. So, what would you give this movie a score of? Oh, I'm sitting at like a... It's not, it's not a... It's not like a failing score for me. But I'm sitting at like a... Like five point five. Okay. Fair. Like it's not a fail, but it's also not a good pass. You know. Fair. 
I give this movie like a seven out of ten. Uh, oh I, wow! Yeah, I do think it like what it's trying to do is very interesting. I think there's a lot of clunky dialogue and redundant themes in this that kind of dragged it down for me. But like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I still think it's doing some very interesting things. It's just, yeah, it gets a little too bogged down by. Honestly, mostly Hugh Jackman's just awful performance. Like he's just not good. At oh. <laughs> So. Did you not see what Ryan Reynolds said about it, though? No, no. what did he say? I think Ryan Reynolds said, like, he deserves an Academy Award for this. I mean, they're our best friends, so I don't really trust him on this one, but... Yeah. <laughs> I'd say my, my buddy should get an Academy Award for this. Like, all right, sure. For this performance, especially. For the sun. Yeah. I don't know about it, though. I don't know if I agree with Ryan Reynolds on this one. Yeah, I think he's a little too biased on this one. You know, next he's going to say, like, yeah, you should give it to my friend who I start alongside in the upcoming Deadpool 3. Like, don't, <laughs> don't trust your Ryan Reynolds, sorry. All right. Spark, you saw Missing this weekend. What you think? Um, I don't. I don't want to give uh, spoilers for this, so this this will be entirely spoiler free um, because there are a lot of twists and turns, and I think like I don't. I don't even want to give a single one away. Um, but I, uh, I I really enjoyed it. My my wife saw it with me, and, and she just enjoyed it. But both of us liked it. Um, there were. I mean, you know, I'm. The, I, the, when I saw it in theaters on Saturday, it was a pretty much sold-out show, which I was surprised to see um, for kind of a no-name movie. And, I mean, Nia Long is certainly... I mean, I'm, I'm very familiar with her, but I don't, I don't know how much weight she, she holds these days. Uh, and I certainly don't know how much weight Storm holds. So, anyway, that's a good sign. And most of the people there were teenagers. Um, so that should speak to who this spoke to um i would say about half of the things i like saw coming pretty quickly but there were multiple surprises where i i had where i was i had no idea and um it just it, it's whenever you hear that it's one of these like kind of found footagey uh online only things you you know because i've seen several of those and several most of them are bad uh but this and unfriended i think really know knew how to work suspense in even with the medium um searching was good i don't think it was as suspenseful i think it was it was more intellectually challenging i think missing is less of that but they spend a lot more time on tone so you know you lose some you gain some mm -hmm. um I'll 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 give it back to you. Oh yeah, I've seen Missing before. I saw it the like last week, but yeah, I liked it. Uh, yeah, it's I think more entertaining than Searching, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, not a good time with it. Um, yeah, I would definitely. Oh, sorry. Yes, I did ask the directors who they would cast in a third one, and they said they want Tom Cruise. And now I'm like. All I'm thinking about is one of these movies where it takes place all in screens, but it's just Tom Cruise running around. So I want that to happen. Make it happen, Hollywood. Yeah. Were they joking? I don't think. I don't know. I can tell. It seemed like it was so. very legitimate. I was like, mm. that. No, one of the things, at least for me, like, I don't know if, if, if Storm is like absolutely gigantic in, in, in the use. Uh, like, I don't. I don't know if she's, um, you know, absolutely killing it there. I'm pretty unfamiliar with her, and that helped because it. The other everyone in this movie, except for Nia Long, like, I don't. Again, I don't know Storms, but they're not famous. Like they, they're people you've like maybe seen in like one thing, mm -hmm. and that really helps build the realism that like. You're, it lets you forget you're watching a movie and you're really invested yeah. in the characters. And and again, with uh, Henry 
Joe, John, John, Joe. Yeah. yeah. Again, famous, but not really famous. And then everyone else in the movie wasn't. So casting someone that is like famous, famous would ruin it because it would be, oh, I'm watching a movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I'm sorry, I can't remember the the lead, the like creator of Abbott Ele Elementary. Um, I think someone of that level would be perfect for three. Like, got got a buzz for sure, mm. but you know, I don't I don't know that your average person knows who that is. They just are like, you look familiar. Mm -hmm. That I think would be a great person to put in. Yeah. I think too. Like I'm always down for whoever they put in these movies. So I find they they find interesting enough actors and actresses to be in this. But give me like Tom Cruise, but he's in like he's like an actual man of his age and not like a sixty year old playing like a fifty year old or a forty year old. I, I mean, do what you want. I understand. Make your money. Tom's very bankable. I just don't yeah. like it. I I feel like. I mean, we'll see what the box office numbers are for this, but I I do feel like audiences have given them the cachet that they could do it's, someone a little bit below. It's been a very interesting month. I mean, January still got a week left, but like it's been interesting in that like normally January is a dumping ground for not great movies, but like I don't know lately some of the movies that have been coming out are actually really solid and they've actually been performing well which is very surprising so I'm just taking a look right here uh it made 3.4 million on its first day yeah but how much was it like this movie probably didn't cost a lot to make no. is what I'm I um I doubt it so right right now it is at 4.1 they used to just give you the budget on uh, Box Office Mojo, but I think IMD Pro, IMDb bought it and ruined it. Well, uh, the budget for the movie was like $4.2 million. And I think okay. combined, like with International, they've been they've made around $7 million so far. So they've made their budget back, and it probably will, will still make some more money in the couple of days and weeks to come, so... Oh, yeah. I mean, if they're already at 7, I could see this crossing 12 by yeah. the time it's done, which is three times its budget. I think that's... I think if you told any movie studio, I spend $2 million and get 6 they're going to say yes, please. Mm-hmm. 100%. All right. Uh, next up is a review of That 90 Show, a sequel to That 70 Show. But not a sequel to that 80 show, because I don't think anyone remembers that show. Um, I didn't know that happened. Yeah. It was that 80 show happened? Yeah, it was very short-lived. I think it had, like, less than a full season, first season, and it just got canceled. But, yeah. But no, this one uh, picks up where that 70 show left off, although not really, because they kind of redconned some stuff. I'm not going to say what, but they definitely spoiled, or redconned some stuff that, like, happen in the show and then by the time the show ended you were like oh i didn't like these things and then this show picks up and was like now we fix those between the shows so uh there was some stuff that even uh i was like i remember this not being like this in the show when it ended and then clearly they just were like we can do what we want so they changed things but um yeah this show is about eric and donna they bring their young daughter over to Redding Kitties, and originally she's going to go away for the summer, but she's had so much fun at Redding Kitties that she decides to stay and makes new friends. Uh, and of course, the show gives plenty of reasons for them to shoehorn in uh, cameos from characters and actors from that 70s show. So, uh, and actually, that was probably when the show was the most enjoyable, like seeing Fez show up or. Uh, seeing Donna's dad show up, like, it was all great to see. I wasn't fully connecting with the new cast that much, and I don't know what the problem was, because they all were decent enough actors, they were given good enough stories, but for some reason, I just was not connecting with them the way I was hoping I would. Um, and yeah, it's unfortunate, too, because obviously the show is really kind of prudent on 
including these uh, new characters and, you know, part of me just kind of didn't really quite connect with them the way I was hoping I would. So, um, yeah, I, I do want to chalk it up to, like, this is the first season of a show, you know, things might change as we kind of move along. I still thought it was quite good. I'll give it a 7 out of 10, but I definitely kind of wonder if there's going to be kind of some better efforts to help me connect with the cast on the show in Season 2, which I assume they're going to have because I think this was one of the hot more highly watched things on Netflix right now. So, Right. Uh, and then final review this week. Well, we have a recap of Lost of Us, but... Uh, the Legend of Vox Machina Season 2. Uh, if you've never heard of this show before, it's on Amazon Prime. And it essentially is uh, the team behind Critical Role, which is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. They kind of take that format and bring it into a show. So The Legend of Vox Machina is their attempts to kind of change it into a animated show. Uh, but it's very vulgar, very bloody... Uh, if you watched, um, there was that superhero show that came out on Amazon Prime. I'm trying to remember the name of it, but it was also very bloody and, um, gory and very, uh, not for kids. Um, that it's very similar to that. So it's very much, you have to be, um, kind of in the mindset to kind of, watch a show like this because it's not not for kids invincible is the show i was thinking of um yeah so this season uh it keeps it more or less the same uh very much uh, lots of lots of adult themes uh and whatnot i did kind of feel like some of the uh dialogue and acting this was a little stiff at times didn't quite flow naturally um, but it's still a good time. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I would give it an 8 out of 10. So, uh, still very good. Still very enjoyable. I think if you're, you're into this kind of stuff, it's, uh, it's a good time. Okay, let's take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk about The Last of Us. All right, we're back. Uh, well, Katie hasn't seen The Last of Us part or episode one yet, and sparked neither of you. But no, we'll still talk about it. Um, yeah, the first episode of The Last of Us is out. Uh, very good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, without spoiling anything for Spark or those who haven't seen it, uh, 
it is very similar to the show, but I think they have strategically kind of fleshed things out in areas where uh, either I was kind of surprised and I didn't realize I needed some extra story, or I was like, yeah, actually, this makes sense because I do actually kind of need a little bit more backstory to this. Uh, there's relationships that were a bit more nebulous in the game that are a bit more fleshed out in the show, stuff like that. So I think they very clearly have utilized the medium change to good effect. Um, and that, and in that way, as an adaptation, it actually works a very good companion piece to the show because, where or the, to the game because, you actually sort of see and can fully realize uh, everything that's happening in the show, and you can kind of see the broader picture that you wouldn't otherwise see in the game. So, I don't know. I've been really enjoying the show so far. It's only one episode, but there's going to be. Another one tonight. Uh, Spark, you haven't seen it, but you're you're interested in the show, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, uh, The Last of Us is like my favorite game of the last. Well, it's it's in my top five favorite games ever. So, um, and and those who don't know, I, I've I've played video games almost my entire life, um, and it's just so good. So when I heard that the show was going to be like pretty closely based on the game i was like oh okay well then they can't mess up right like if you just take the dialogue and flesh it out but um i've heard nothing but positive reviews um and so we'll see Uh, i don't know what's going to happen with this show like how deep into the game are they going to go because obviously you don't want to you know waste your whole nut on the first season if it's good because then you'll have a game of thrones situation where like by season three or four You'll have to do original material. <laughs> so, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I I do wonder how they're going to kind of space out the content. Um, a big thing for me is, like, I do feel as if um, the, the show, like, right now, it, they definitely have the advantage of knowing that there's a part two of the game. And I think part of the content they've been making so far leans into that. And I think that's my biggest complaint right now is Bella Ramsey. I don't think she quite, she both acts and looks doesn't quite like how I would think Ellie would act, at least in the first game. But I could see her being a decent Ellie. Like if you're thinking of it more as a perspective, perspective, sorry, from the second game where she's more of an adult than she is in the first game. So I don't know. I'm also like, I can see where they're definitely like, we gotta build up to the second game too, and I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of do that, but yeah. It's it's so far been good. The Pedro Pascal is great as Joel. Like, very much nails it. I think he's been doing a great job so far, so. Yeah. Cool. Well, we can talk about it more next week. Hopefully get a chance to watch the the first two episodes, and we can talk about it some more next week. But yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, until next time, everybody. Bye for now.